time reveals all, I feel like, you know, and uh, if I can trust in time in that constant that maybe we have not yet been able to control in this dimension or in this, uh, on this planet, you know, we can definitely, you know, we can influence it. One thing we can control, we can't control, but we can influence. Hi, welcome to Undefined. I hope that everybody enjoyed my last episode. It was the first episode of the year, and I hope everyone had a very, very happy new year. This episode, which I'm very excited to share with you, is with a friend of a friend, Yarodi Rodriguez, who is a producer and a music teacher in the New York City public school system. He studied music at Juilliard, and I was connected to him through one of my best friends from college, Ray Prasad. And I feel like there's a theme in 2021, at least with this episode and my previous episode, with musicians. So maybe we all could use a little more music in our lives. Um, But I'm very excited to share this with you. Yorodi grew up in Brooklyn. He went to high school to focus on music, and he specifically focused on the trumpet, although he's very talented at a multitude of instruments and producing music generally. And he got his master's at Juilliard also, which I think is very impressive and really, really awesome. And we talk about a variety of topics, as we always do in my podcast. Some of them include learning how to be alone after a relationship ends, which I know I've mentioned this previously, but for obvious reasons, I can resonate. That is like the journey that I am going on right now and have been for basically the past year, which is pretty wild. And just embracing aloneness in general, his journey as a musician feeding off of other people's energy, supporting yourself during periods of isolation, which all of us are familiar with that because of COVID, leaning into spirituality. We talk about mentalism and he gives a great explanation of what that is. We also talk about which sort of folds into that conversations, the concept of spiritual bypassing and working through stage fright and anxiety, finding mentorship, balancing extremes he gives a great analogy where you're in flow like in the middle of a river not trying to go against the current and not necessarily too fast with the current but you're just like right in the middle and how to stay in that flow and also one of my favorite aspects of this conversation is the discussion around male sensitivity and experiencing feeling lost with that and having little guidance in that And along those same lines, sort of the rejected aspects of the self. So I really think that you will all enjoy this episode. I'm trying to get more male voices on this podcast because I think that it's a unique perspective. And also, I wanted to make an announcement that I set up a Patreon page, which is a website patreon.com and you can find mine at patreon.com slash undefined podcast and I'll link it in the show notes also. I fund this podcast myself and I'm going to continue to do so but if you believe in me and believe in the mission and having these conversations and you know that I'm very focused on social justice and that's one of my passions, I'm planning to donate the money that I receive through the Patreon to one of my favorite organizations. So the first organization I'm planning to donate to is the Equal Justice Initiative. 
and I hope that you all support. I have three different tiers. The first one is $3 a month, the second one is five, and the third one is 10. And of course, they are named after redwood trees, which I love trees. I think I probably mentioned that every single episode and I thought that it was appropriate. So thank you all again for supporting. And if you want to support even more, you can sign up for the Patreon page. So I will link it in the show notes. And in the meantime, enjoy this episode and I will talk to you all after. Well, I'm glad that we finally are able to connect. I, it's, you know, my bad. No, <laughs> no, not at all. I'm going to have to cancel on you two times. No, not at all. I mean, like, you know, I, um, I know, especially for uh, these kind of like things and just connecting, I, I'm never one to rush or to push or to uh, force, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's going to happen, especially like, you know, I've heard your other shows and I'm like, yeah, like, I don't want to like, just wake up one morning like, ah, like, we got to run and do this, you know, like, definitely something that's just going to happen. Yeah, naturally. you have to be like in the right headspace for sure. And including mm-hmm. me. Because, like, I try to get somewhat vulnerable, you know, on, mm-hmm. during these conversations. And if I'm, like, already feeling burnt out, I, like, can't. I just, like, won't be a good interviewer. <laughs> no, I get it. I 100% get it. Yeah. So how are you doing? I'm good, you know. Um, you know, uh, first part of the holiday season, or I should say second part, because you count Thanksgiving, um, passed. So, like, you know, it's about to come to the new year. And uh, I think... A lot of people, in a sense, have been over this year for a while. Yeah. But I, um, I've taken into account that I've become more—I I don't want to say attached to family, but like I'm more appreciative of like family time and just being around those that I care about. And I, I would love for it to last longer, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I mean, I feel kind of the same because, like, I mean, I spent nine months of this year basically like living at home now I'm in my own place but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have a renewed appreciation for family and I think that's the case with a lot of people although I do feel like really grateful that I'm in the same city like as you are you know right right as your family because I know a lot of people aren't Mm -hmm. but I feel like it just like this whole year like forced me to like filter the people that really matter Mm-hmm. I know? definitely agree. Yeah. Um, think... And how are your holidays? Your Christmas and everything? Mm-hmm. We're recording this for everyone listening awesome. on December 26th. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, holidays was great. I, um, you know, what's so funny is that I also haven't um, consumed as much alcohol <laughs> as I have in the past couple Just of days. Just during the holidays or like all of quarantine? Because I would be very impressed. Well, no, I mean, it, and just in the holidays, you know, it's so funny. I did the actual opposite when it came to quarantine. I was, uh, I didn't, I, if anything, I got, I mean, and I don't know if it was like a freak out of just like COVID stuff and I was just eating better, but, or it was just more time for me to be able to do that without running around commuting. Yeah. That I was able to just like eat the way I wanted to eat um i was able to uh i guess just maintain a certain lifestyle that i've always wanted to but you know was heavily influenced by the exhaustion of commute and just like you know because you get home at the end of the day and like oh you know i I would love to eat great and take my teas and herbs but i'm like you know what 
That's what it repeats it. <laughs> like, like no time and you're already exhausted. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Definitely true for me too. Do yeah. you feel like there were like other, besides the commute, other aspects that like other barriers during COVID that were removed from you trying to like fully get into the routine that you wanted to? Um, yeah, for sure. You know, like, um, I also, uh, was, uh, <laughs> I was with somebody during, uh, during uh the whole start of the pandemic you know like so that was like a whole other challenge as well you know yeah. like and i, and I know like, that people like want... together yeah 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 so like that was that was its own challenge but again i think when it came to again the consumption of alcohol or just like overindulging in certain things that one wasn't allowed to do because of their everyday life yeah. i didn't or we didn't fall into those uh I don't even want to call them holes because I'm sure they benefited some people, but like, uh, I didn't, you know, or we didn't go down that route. You know, we were very like just conscious about our time and, you know, regardless of how it turned out and regardless of, um, of how actual great it was, you know, like when it comes to like good and bad percentages, like it it still was, um, the better part of the story, you know? Yeah, totally. And now, you're not in that relationship. Yes. Okay. Definitely. So when did that end? That ended about, I want to say going on three months ago. So like right back. So I, I also teach um, in uh, the New York City public school system. And yeah. uh, so it was like right when like uh, the school year had began. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was change. Yeah. Super, super amounts great amounts of change and uh yeah that's what yeah so it was around all that time but but again like this whole year was just a constant like adjustment totally I mean so. I feel the same I I think we talked about this before or maybe Ray told you but I got out of a relationship at the beginning of February uh, and mm. I mean it was before quarantine you know right right you it. set it off <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's just interesting like the change and for me at least it's like learning how to be by myself mm-hmm. and I'm sure you're sort of going through something similar at least the past like three months especially since you were living together yeah I mean 100% I think the idea of understanding knowing and embracing one's alone space if that's like a, a title you know you can give right. is something that I've uh, definitely come to um, appreciate hate battle like all these things you know like yeah tell me about like the battle with it the battle so i mean i think everyone has their own uh condition and variable when it comes to this type of battle you know i'll, I'll tell you mine and I'll, I'll give you like a general census of like what i think everyone has but um yeah. you know my whole thing even just growing up i always felt that you know i was always like a people person always wanted to be around energy, even to the point of like, I remember like, you know, the start of the, let's say start of the week, right? It's like Sunday. So I used to go to church and like, I used to have friends, you know, either go to friends' houses after church or just go to um, have people come over at my house or whatever, um, or my apartment with my mom. And I would always get so, 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 I want to say depressed and upset when people had to leave. Hmm, interesting. And it was always like this thing that like, I remember the feeling, which is why I never liked Sundays. 
you know, like, I mean, we all like, you know, know it's like the start of the week, like, oh, tomorrow's Monday, blah, 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 like start of the work week. And I always understood that. But the idea of that, like, when people had to leave, you know, like leave the, the like the com- company had to leave. It was always like a mm, an internal struggle. <laughs> like, like that was like because then you would be by yourself, or it was almost like an escape from like the current situation that you were in at the time. I want to say, I, you know, I I, I don't want to say it was like current situation um, influence because I feel like I had a very loving mother and like, or have a very loving mother. And I had a village that definitely raised me. Yeah. You know, um, I, you know, I didn't have the, the, um, standard nuclear family going on, but I definitely had the, uh, the ideals and aspects of the saying, it takes a village to raise a child. You know, like I had those types of influences and love around me. So when, um, so I wouldn't say I wouldn't blame it on or I wouldn't push it towards the uh, situation I was in. But I knew that it was definitely something within me that didn't like the leaving or the uh, or, or like, you know, something being there and then me taken away in this weird sense, you know, like that's the best way I could put it. Yeah, um, totally. I mean, it's almost like the end, like you feel the energy depressed. Yeah. People leave. So mm-hmm. would you consider yourself an extrovert? I. Yeah, like, I mean, especially growing up, and I always, you know, even even now to a certain degree, I have um, um, definitely been that person and been extra, you know, extroverted and an extrovert when it came to all situations. And I always, like, uh, yearn for, and, and I don't, I don't want to say yearn for, like, other people's energy, but yearn for a reciprocating type of energy. Like, you know, if you're going to, you know, you know, if we're together, we're going to be bouncing back and forth and, you know, we could stay up all night and yeah, energy can keep going off of the other person's energy. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, you know, you can go down the rabbit hole with that too, because, you know, if, if you are the constant, per, if you're the person that continues and is, has this constant feeling or just command of energy, you know, like that could also be <laughs> weary and, and, uh, life, I don't know what the word is, but like, you know, it could harm the other person as well, you know, like, cause yeah. you're just taking all theirs. But, um, sure. I wouldn't say it was that deep when I was younger, but I would say that like, I definitely felt the going deeper into it, the abandonment <laughs> of like when people left. So then how, because I mean, right now it's like during quarantine and COVID and everything, it can be super isolating. Mm-hmm. So like, how are you coping with that now? Mm. still feel that sense of like fulfillment and energy because also I know with your work teaching Mm -hmm. and especially with music there's a lot of energy that goes between you and your students too and I'm sure that has changed a lot just because it's virtual 100% I um you know so even just to answer the teaching thing like that's definitely been like a whole other adaptation and just you know adjustment when it came when it comes to just instructional time you know and it comes to uh, pedagogy and stuff like that but um I think when it comes to the overall um aspect of just not being able to connect with people and having that right away energy you know like that give and take in front of you um Mm -hmm. I think I was 
uh, at a point in my life when everything, when all this started, that I was already in the transition of understanding and appreciating the time alone. Like it was, it was, it was as if I was like on that journey and I know where life was like, okay, put it to the test. And then bam, (laughs) 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 you know, and, 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 you know, again, I, I can consider that a blessing because I, uh, I'm glad that life and, you know, whatever deity you might, or deity you might believe in prepared me for, uh, this moment and these moments of isolation and not being able to or supporting myself mm-hmm. you know energetically yeah do you feel that you've kind of like leaned into spirituality more during this time um again another thing where i was already on i think that path and then the idea of here put it to the test kind of yeah. thing like you know because i i i the first time I actually really got into spirituality and got into, you know, the idea of, you know, even mentalism or sacred geometry or just uh, hermetic theory, everything, that kind of thing, or, you know, going deeper and deeper into it um, was when I, again, another pivotal moment, I think, in my life. I mean, I don't think it affected the world as much, but it was um, definitely a moment where I was, again, trying to venture on my own. Again, this idea of wanting to embrace the aloneness you know like uh so like i went to california with ray right um and that was uh, when was that that was in um was that? This, no i think that was like 2016 okay so i had you know i had just gotten off tour i started bartending um and just saving up some money and i knew that that was like what i wanted to do like regardless of when and then Ray had the opportunity uh, or gave us the opportunity to like live somewhere like in a, if you can think of um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, like in a pool house, <laughs> like that's where we were staying. And like, where was it? This was in um, um, Mid-City. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. Right off of, um, I think it was like the Crenshaw Boulevard exit on the 10 maybe or? Yeah. Like, right around. like Hancock Park area. I th- I believe that is correct yeah um but uh, it was yeah it was great <laughs> um but that's when i started getting into like spirituality it, i i just so happened like right before i left someone had given me like a book and i was kind of like you know i don't think they gave me the book to even un- try to you know pinpoint what yeah. i was thinking or what i was what feeling was it? It, um it was called the um ancient secret to the flower of life um it um it deals with or it goes into like a it has like its own origin story its own like um belief of where we came from where the universe you know like started kind of thing so but it's very textbooky it was very like you know i would read like two pages at a time and then soak on it and yeah. you know or soak in it and uh keep doing that like that was like my morning ritual like have some tea and just like read and like look at the California sky <laughs> it was really nice and um again all this information I just started rereading it maybe in the past five months like again just because I got there were certain things I knew I wasn't gonna grasp the first time and, yeah, yeah what what takeaways do, do you have from it now that you're reading it again or I guess um, like what's an I'm sure you have a lot of takeaways but what's yeah. like an example of like a recent one you know I think I wouldn't be able to pinpoint 
a specific takeaway, but I know that with other readings, and I'll mention those books too, I've been able to connect, you know, pin, uh, connect my own uh, dots within them. So like I, so I'll just like name three books. So like one of them is um, that book um, that I revisited. There's another one called The Jazz of Physics, um, which is very interesting. And the other one was uh, called The Cabalion, uh, which talks about mentalism and like medic theory and all that stuff. And they all, I didn't read them in the sense to find relation. I just read them because I was like, oh, this sounds cool. This is what's this, you know, like curiosity. And then like only recently that I um, start listening to, uh, I don't know, like I guess like maybe even uh, other podcasts or just uh, thoughts on like, uh, what was it? Um, uh, oh my God, what's it called? Uh, quantum physics, right? Oh, yeah. And like, so like, you know, like the relation of, or the, yeah, like trying to put it all together and connect my own dots of like the science world versus the spiritual world and like, you know, the race that they're constantly in and the uh, the uncoverings that they present to each other, you know? So yeah. that's where I was, you know, like I, I was able to connect those dots and that's where I've been lately. So I don't have like a pinpoint of what stuck, but I know I've been like, when I had those moments of connecting the dots, I was kind of like, whoa, like I wasn't able to do this before because I was on the introductory stage and now I'm in like the, whatever you call the stage. <laughs> yeah, where you like can feel or perceive the connection between you and the universe mm-hmm. or the higher power or whatever you want mm-hmm. to call it, right? Mm-hmm. And can you describe just like what mentalism is or what it refers to? All right. All right. So what I've understood it to be, and I never called it mentalism and never knew it was even called that. Um, but what I understand it to be is like, you know, um, if we're relating it to like hermetic theory, so like there's um, it goes back to let's say like uh, ancient Egypt, right? If you ever look on um, hi- if you ever see hieroglyph- hieroglyphics, mm-hmm. and you see this um, being that has a pen, or you know whatever was considered a pen back then, and like a, a scroll, and he has the head of like um. What do you call that? It's like like a bird, like a long beak. I forget what the name of that oh, yeah. animal is. I so, I like can visualize what you're talking about. So like you know, like big wide shoulders and just like the small head of like that bird, like you know, um, with the long beak, look kind of looking like a stork, um, stork, right? Kind of looking like um, yeah. one of those um, figures. Right, so that's like uh, who the ancient Egyptians called Thoth, and it's supposed to be like the original scribe, the one that introduced writing to the world, oh, and there's the um, belief of um, him being able to, uh, you know, not not beat death, but, like, being able to, like, live for a very long time, right? And whether it's through consciousness and through, or through other physical, or, or through other physical bodies that maybe he's being able to put himself in, whatever. I mean, it goes way deeper than what I'm actually describing it as, but, uh, but the idea is that, like, he is the ancient scribe and the one who's always kind of, writing down, taking notes, observing the world, not mm-hmm. saying a lot, you know, like the less is more <laughs> um, um, kind of guy. And he is also considered um, one of the um, profound figures in ancient Greece. So uh, Hermes. Oh, okay. So like that's, again, supposed to be him as well. And like, you know, if you could go back to Atl- Atlantean 
you know, if you believe in that, like Atlantis, like, and again, all these things kind of relate, but the point of him being um, part of mentalism is that he, uh, he had these uh, certain principles that, not that he necessarily lived by, but that he was able to write down through divine intervention, in a sense, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was never like a thing where, you know, it's almost similar to like the Ten Commandments, you know, like kind of kind of thing. But that's more of like a uh, a moral influence. This is more of like a, how one can either transcend themselves vibrationally or just even battle mental issues uh, or men- sorry, not mental issues, battle mental um, hurdles, you know, on everyday life. So you have like the idea of cause and effect. You have right. the idea of polarities. You have the idea of um, um, what's the uh, um, mental uh, transmutation. So the idea of um, and we've heard these sayings throughout, I think, all our lives. You know, like uh, yeah. the idea of think positive or you know whatever that is. Like that's where it all right. comes from. The stem. Yeah, it's like the relationship that you have between yourself and your experiences mm-hmm. and, and your perception of those. Mm-hmm. I was watching this movie uh, two nights ago called ham on rye and it's like an indie movie i think it came out either this year or last year i like looked i didn't know what to watch and i like looked up like new yorker 2020 like movie recommendations and this one just like looked sort of more lighthearted as opposed to like all of the dramatic ones that was just like not suited for my mood at the time right um but there was this one scene and this movie was about sort of like the awkwardness of being a teenager and they did it really well. They just like portrayed the way that the kids were interacting with each other. Like it was so painfully awkward sometimes. <laughs> but there was this one scene where this guy, there were three guys and they were like sitting on their car and they were smoking. And one of them was like really depressed for some reason. And the other two were sort of like trying to get him out of it, but like didn't really know what to say. Mm-hmm. And one of them <laughs> said, and he was like smoking and, you know, he kind of has this like surfery skater type like voice. And he's uh-huh. like, you could either let it suck or not let it suck. Okay. <laughs> like yeah. But I was like, that is like a very, I mean, simplified way of saying that you're in charge of how you perceive your own experiences. Mm-hmm. And like, However, the experience comes in, like you can change the narrative, basically. Like you're in charge of your own narrative. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, I mean, it sounds like during the pandemic, like you're looking on the bright side of things and you're viewing it as a blessing. A hundred percent. You know, I, uh, and it, it's, it's funny because I think that you know, people can hear this and, or, or uh, just hear one say, oh, just think positive. And like, it can really go the opposite way. Totally. Like where, where someone, you know, like, you know, cause there's, there, we're all, you know, our own put together messes, you know, like, so that we contain, you know, multitudes. Um, there's a, I think a Hemingway quote about that, but like, um, but we, you know, so one answer maybe doesn't work for everyone. Yeah. But I, but I do believe that there is a core to, let's say, an answer I might give or an answer that mentalism might give or an answer that you might give or not letting something suck, like that kind of like, you know, there's a, there's a core to it that can relate and right. can penetrate. It's just about either the delivery 
about when it's said, about when you hear it, about, you know, all those things. And, and that's where the variables also, there are the variations also, like, you know, take its yeah. place and take its core. Totally. And like, you're right. There's like a fine line between, it's called like spiritual bypassing, right? Where like, basically like there's, if you say, well, just think positive or like, you know, if you think positively, it'll all work out. But then that in and of itself, like ignores some of the systemic failures that a lot of people experience, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that, and I've, I've, that's a battle that I've had within myself. Like, you know, like uh, where maybe I've said, you know, to myself, oh, think positive or just like I try to switch I'll flip the switch yeah. and, you know, I end up realizing, oh, wait, I kind of ignored that, you know, right. I like important to feel the feelings mm-hmm. and not to, I, I get caught in that trap too, where I'm like, okay, well, if I just change how I think about it, like it's not going to bother me, but it's important right. to allow it to bother you and to like feel those things. And then it like, you know, mm-hmm. it. and I've, I want to say that when I realized that, and I'm still realizing it, but when I, that really hit me was when I started relating it to stage fear or stage anxiety or stage um, performance anxiety or, you know, that kind of thing. Like, um, you know, whenever I get on stage, like I still have like a rush. I still have like a sometimes little doubts or these little things I want to creep in. And I used to, and maybe this is where it comes from, ignore and be like, Oh, that's not what that is. That's just this or, or why would I think that, you know, like I go through these, like this whole thought process before um, um, a stage presentation and I realized that it never really helped to do that. What actually helped, and I heard this, I think from, I think it was a Hugh Jackman, he was giving an interview and talked about fear and stage fright and he talked about inviting it in and then just showing it out, you know, like you're not, you're not, you're not keeping the you know, if, if if fear and anxiety are like a disturbing neighbor, you know, just not answering the door, it's not going to necessarily make them go away. They'll come back the next day until they make their point, you know, like, or whatever the case is. But I think the same thing works with fear and anxiety. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. There are times where you're just not going to answer the door because you have no time. But, you know, I think the idea of answering that door and not necessarily allowing it in and letting it set up camp in your house, but, but just answering it, seeing what that's about and then just showing them the way out, you know, that's such a good analogy. So how, how did that, when you heard that and like absorbed what that meant, how did that change things? Um, you know, I can't say that it changed like you know, you know, I think what people even would want to hear is like, oh, now I have, I don't have anxiety. Like now, it's, you know, like, no, not at all. Like, or I don't have stage fright or I don't like, you know, these things definitely do pop up because, you know, we're so critical and we're so caring about what we do, especially if we're presenting it to others. Um, even within, you know, within conversation, you know, like you want to present the right information or right? you want to like hit points, you want to, but um, what has changed, my point being is I'm, uh, I think the, the, the acknowledgement of it, the awareness of it has allowed me to just be more flexible. You know, um, my 
I'm like the constant. I'm the man that does like analogies like to the T. Like I will make an analogy out of anything. So like I also box, and like the way I related it to boxing was like you know if you're if you're going in either afraid or um, constantly thinking about getting hit, you're gonna get hit. <laughs> you know like you know like that's you know like versus like you know if you go for a combination or if you go for a certain tactic that you're using in your mind. You're taking the risk of getting hit, yeah, but you're not. That's not your main objective. And as long as you follow out, follow through through your, you know, main objective, you're gonna be good. Yeah, it's like you're you're not like calling in the fear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I'd love to also just like hear about your background because I know that I know you're a musician and a mm -hmm. but can you just talk like a little bit about? just what you do. I know that you teach and you are a producer also. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I'd love to just hear more about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I teach, you know, like for the New York City uh, public school system, but uh, you know, when the day's over, I go straight to um, recording. Uh, so I do like a bunch of audio recording for artists. Um, I also produce my own music as well as other people's music um, when it, you know, for musical projects and for even uh, documentaries. So I go into the film scoring world as well. Uh, I try to like, I guess, be a jack of all trades when it comes to being quote unquote musical. <laughs> like I try to like just, you know, use all the skills I possibly can. How did you relate? How did you discover music? Like, when did you start playing? What did you start playing? Oh, um, I started playing trumpet. So, like, my main instrument is trumpet. I started playing that in sixth grade oh, in a junior high school with um, a really great band program. Um, How did you choose trumpet? <laughs> you know, it's so funny growing up, you know, watching, like, all these, you know, uh, I guess blockbuster films, like, Indiana, you know, like, Indiana Jones and Back mm -hmm. to the Future and, like, all these, like, big heavily scored uh, movies, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they always had this like big trumpet theme and I didn't know what that sound was. Even down to, uh, if, I mean, I don't know if you remember the scene, The Mask, uh, from The Mask, uh, the movie The Mask or with Jim Carrey and like yeah. they had the whole big club scene with uh, Cameron Diaz and like, yeah. and he like changes I up. The, I was The Mask for Halloween one year when I oh, was. Oh, were you? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I think I've always wanted that. I just never, you know, never did it. And I was a mask. That's great. That's awesome. I want to see pictures of that, number one. Okay. <laughs> I'll try to find some. But Sorry, um no, no, no. Um but there's a dance, you know, like the whole club scene where like they're at the is it the Copa like like some I forgot yeah. what the it's supposed to be the I guess the Copa Cabana. Um and they are uh he turns like the 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 band you know the band stand into like this really like hip kind of like swinging uh scene right. and uh there's a part where there's like a big trumpet solo and i remember just hearing that that sound and then again a sounds of like indiana jones and just like you know like and it was always this brass sound and i didn't really know what that was you know i couldn't label it at the time but i was just kind of like oh like that looks that shiny instrument looks appealing and then um, also people that I grew up with, like, you know, everyone kind of went through the same schooling system where I grew up, uh, junior high school and sometimes even high school. And I was like, oh, like 
the, the kids I even look up to or like the, the older um, men in my life, like someone like somehow picked up trumpet or, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go for that. And That's that was it. Awesome. <laughs> and you grew up in Brooklyn? Yeah. In Williamsburg actually. Okay. Yeah. And you, but did, where'd you go to high school? I went to, uh, so after studying for like three years, trumpet, I ended up getting into uh, LaGuardia uh, okay. High School, like the and theme high school. That's like an art, that's the arts program, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's awesome. So cool. So then you discovered trumpet and you just kept playing like all through high school? Yeah, like that was it. I think it was finally something that I felt good at and I got, you know, especially in middle school, like was good at, got recognition for and people appreciated the, or saw the work or time I put in, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Cause like, you know, even, even in high school, um, I remember like friends meeting up with me, you know, like we had like 10 periods and I remember I always had 10, 10th period off, but everyone else had class. Um, so I would just find like a, a room and just keep practicing and people would come meet up with me. Like a bunch of us would come meet up and want to go get food afterwards, even like I say my girlfriend at the time. And I was just like, yeah. all right, guys, I'll meet you there. Like, I'm just trying to finish this, <laughs> you know, and I would just be practicing. And like, I remember like people being like, oh, he's practicing. Like, all right, we'll meet you over there. And I remember just being so, so, uh, I mean, I guess the word is dedicated, but, you know, so obsessed with just working at something because I was getting the right feedback in all ways, you know, whether it was, right through other people, again, going back to that energy thing, um, and, or if it was, like, for myself, and, like, oh, I know the work I put in, I know the time I put in, so, like, I'm only going to get, quote-unquote, positive results because of the time I put in. Yeah, so, and, got and obsessed you with that. studied it after college, right? Yeah, yeah, I ended up, so, after uh, LaGuardia, I... Mean after I, high school. Mm-hmm. After LaGuardia, I got into Mahan um, School of Music, which I ended up studying with, like, uh, this guy who I'd been like researching for like a couple of years and I was like, Oh, I have to study with him. And like, it, I, I got, you know, that, uh, that dream came true. And I studied with him and, and another, another man who like really tackled mentalism as well, you know, like, but not in, he would never describe it as that. He was, he, I don't think he even knew what hermetic theory was, or just was even that tuned. I shouldn't say that tuned in, but that, uh, descriptive about, why he believes certain things, but he definitely tackled, let's say, just trumpet, but gave it life lessons um, through mentalism and talked about cause and effect, talked about, like, just handling situations mentally, and he had been through his own hurdles. And, you know, like, so all these things, like, leading up to even now, like, through the pandemic, have, I feel like, been a blessing because they've been crucial in understanding these steps throughout the way, uh, along the way. Yeah, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. It so sounds that, like that, What would you say that, like, he was sort of your role model with all of this, like, and the life lessons? Yeah, like, I think definitely role model for sure. Uh, but he always, like, made the most complicated situations. He answered them in the most simplest ways. And I always found that charming, and I always found that kind of relieving, you know, yeah. like just he had an answer I don't want to say he had an answer for everything but he always even said like the simplest answers are 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 the best are usually the best and you know and you know in one part of my life I took that as in like oh simplest answers are the way but you know sometimes are sometimes that's not the 
way one would perceive it because they're you know they're they have a million things in their head and they think like what this one little you know yeah uh, this one little answer um but any examples of of what things he told you or just like an example where you maybe were overthinking something and he sort of like you know reined you back in um you know i feel like i didn't really like i didn't get reeled back in until even after I studied with him like I, I didn't have those moments till after and he even said it he was like you know I'm gonna tell you something now and you, it's probably not gonna hit you for like a couple of years and and he was right you know like um I remember and you know and then uh, a situation or an analogy or a picture he painted in my head when it came to even just playing and about make decision making and things like that he said that like you know I feel like you're you know he said I feel like you're in a you know you're like a uh, a river right and he was like and you're like you're trying to get to the other side but like you're instead of going with the flow in a sense like you know you're like working against the current and you're just right in the middle and you're not drowning and you're not you know like you know how to swim you're like you're you're good but you um you're just uh in a sense i want i, I want to say making it more difficult than it, it has to be which right. goes back to the idea of like simplest answers are the best yeah, totally. you know so he said that and that I remember telling that to a couple of people like this analogy and like in or this you know picture he painted and they were like yeah that's that's what you that's you <laughs> you know like that's you you know and I was like oh man so he definitely set me up to battle certain things that were about to happen in my life and even to the certain degree of I got in, so for my masters I got into Juilliard and that, you know, I know, again, a blessing in disguise. Like, I know that if I had gone into Juilliard in my undergrad, I don't know if I'd be in music. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I just knew them. Yeah, mentally just was not ready. You know, like, I knew I had the love, you know, like, my heart was there. But I know mentally I probably would have, I mean, again, who, who's to say? But I, I know that there would have been some, like, deterioration. Interesting. Do you feel mm-hmm. like you're more in the flow now, just using that river analogy? Yeah, I am. I also feel that, you know, if you go back to mentalism and polarities, and you know, like when you know, like if you you know, there, there there's a belief that there's polarities in everything. So like mm-hmm. nothing is. Well, there 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 are things that one can say is completely good or completely bad. Let's just call it call it that and there's a middle ground or there's a left and a right there's a cause and effect whatever and I feel like I was at one place you know even going back to the point of the energy and like being sad when people left and like wanting to always be around um that and then being that person and then always reaching for the opposite you know wanting to be okay being alone wanting to accomplish things yeah. by myself and I believe that I went from one pole to the other like completely like like you know like to the point where if we're talking about the river is that like I didn't make it to the other side but I also felt I left some things behind hmm. like you what? know like not that I can remember them, but like, you know, let's say like if we talk about, let's say I'm just going to go into like 
sensitivity and and um whatever the opposite is like if someone's like machismo and like someone's like sensitive right like you know and I know that's really big in the Latin world as well um that I always embraced my sensitivity when I was younger and but I always feel like things were taken advantage of and things were um and I was you know maybe looked down upon or or ridiculed or or um judged by my oversensitivity you know what I mean and 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 that could just be like a misunderstanding from the other person's part but I also felt like not because I admire it but because I think we all want to have as many tools in our toolbox to get through life you know like and the understanding of both worlds can can just open more answers right yeah totally so I feel like it, it just in that analogy towards like the <laughs> the other end and if we're talking about like machismo and this you know like I wouldn't say I'm like a chauvinist at all but like I you know I definitely like things have let's say popped out in my life that I've maybe been I feel like got desensitized to mm. by reaching for this pole by going straight for, towards that not going to the balance again right. but going towards that other side and you know so going back to the river analogy is like there was a certain peace and and tranquility between uh when it came to like being in that middle of the of the river and just constantly working but staying afloat and living um but not knowing what the other side is like yeah. you know so like there's that battle if that makes sense i don't know if yeah, i want to definitely and like i think that there's also something to be said of like the middle of the river is different for everybody Mm-hmm. And maybe some people need to experience the extremes more and mm-hmm. like need to like push that boundary, you mm-hmm. know, one side or the other side. Definitely. I think that like we have this perception that's sort of like drilled into us of balance and what that means. And I think what's sort of lost in this like general societal definition of that is the fact that that means something different for everybody. Right. I agree. (laughs) I wholeheartedly agree. And I think throughout what we're fed, you know, visually, sonically, um, and even just uh, what we're, what we, even, you know, what we read, what we're, what we hear on TV, we know, like, there's always like these, you know, we see these dilemmas happening all over, you know, I, I, I don't know why the, <laughs> the Karate Kid came into my head, right? Like, cause, like, it was like one of like my favorite movies growing up. And um, there's a part in that movie where he goes, um, he's talking, um, what's his name? Mr. Miyagi's talking to yeah. Daniel and he's saying like, you know, if you go to the left side of the road, um, good. If you go to the right side of the road, good. He's like, but if you stay in the middle, he does like a little sound effect and goes, you get squashed like a grape. <laughs> you know what I mean and like and it had to do with obviously the situation that was at hand and I forget what that was but again that idea of like he said that well, I think when it came to decision making but then always talked about balance throughout the movie mm-hmm. and that yeah you would think oh being right in the middle can actually help you understand balance because you're having a bit of both worlds but I think again with the ebb and flow of things there are there are times where it's like yeah yes and no yeah. For decision making, there are times where it has to be um, this concrete left or right cause and effect, you know, kind of thing, polarity. Right. Because that keeps you moving, totally. you know, 
yeah, it like keeps the momentum going. Momentum. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I want to kind of go back to what you were talking about with sensitivity, because I think that I'm trying to get more male voices on this podcast. And I think that it's really important to just talk about sensitivity with men because sure. you're so right that there's this, it's like this machismo, you know, ego driven alpha male narrative that I mean, I can't speak to it because I'm not a man, but I feel uh-huh. like a lot of men, that's the pressure that they get from society is like, they have to be this like, you know, unemotional alpha, like man, basically. But right. that like there needs to be more sensitivity. So I'd love to just hear about your journey with that and like how you've been able to tap into your own sensitivity and like navigate society and your community's perception of that. Um, You know, there's definitely the pressures that come along with everyday life and come along with work life, come along with like, your own mental life um, and emotional, where I think the polarities of those, of that world are really tampered with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so we go like, say like, you know, for lack of better terms, sensitivity to like machismoness or sensitivity to non-sensitivity, right? Right. Um, I think for, and I don't want to say like for men or even for a man, because I have my own variation of why I searched for both worlds. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of that had to do with um, me always trying to, again, see the other side, try to find that balance. So if I don't know one side or if I know one side, like I want to know what the other is about just so I can give myself the best answer or give myself the best situation. And when it comes to like this, uh, like sensitivity, you know, I, I mean, it goes all the way back to just not growing up with, like, my dad, you know? So, like, I always felt that I never felt a, a vacancy or, like, a, a void or I felt like um, something wasn't complete necessarily. But I knew that there definitely, you know, logically there definitely could be that, you know, yeah. or there, there is that, you know, like, so, like, I... When do you uh, think you first, like, had that realization? Um... I want to say it was definitely within a relationship, you know, when it came to like, you know, I, I was always, I don't want to say ridiculed, but I don't want to say, I definitely want to say judged uh, when it came to me making decisions and being aggressive. And, and, that, and that's what I've gotten from like women, you know, like people, yeah. they told me that, you know, like, so like, and I relate those two as in making decisions and being aggressive because I think that's all it really was. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it was like aggressive in the sense of like, oh, someone wanted me to like put my hands on, the, you know, like nothing right. like that. But like, I think there was a certain um, attitude that that uh, that that uh, either they wanted or they won from me, you know, and. And it could be viewed two different ways. It could be viewed as in like, you know, someone that close sees what you you're cap- you can be capable of in the most right. positive ways. So they're like, oh, like if you were more like this, like it would definitely benefit you here. Mm-hmm. And then there's the opposite end where it's like, you know, you're not thinking that way. And, and, and the other person could be like, 
you know, I want you more like this because it makes me feel more secure. Mm-hmm. You know, which and then it goes into like, or are we talking about the whole? Are we talking about uh, right. you as a person? Whatever. But um, yeah. So going back to the sensitivity, which is the same. You know, what I was talking about is that I think I always tried to just see both worlds, and I ended up <laughs> definitely getting lost. You know, I I, I tried to search for both for an answer with both. And, you know, I've definitely gotten lost with that. And when I was lost, you know, yeah, what sometimes like? you're just answering, you know, what ended up happening was just answering questions with the wrong answer, hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, how do I describe it? It's where I felt I need more, to be more like this, you know, whether it's sensitive or the opposite, you know, it definitely came out at the wrong times. And it yeah. was like, you know, I, I've experienced that even in my last relationship where like I knew a lot of the assertiveness and the opposite pole of like being sensitive, you know, came from, let's say like ideas of self-respect or ideas of like, you know, not putting up with certain things or putting your foot down with like ideals and, and certain morals that you stand by. Right. Yeah. And with that conviction, there's definitely more of that energy that comes from that side of the pole right. versus like the sensitivity I think can be on the more, I don't want to say forgiving, but the more flexible, the right. more like understanding, the more uh, non-confrontational and side of things. Like, do you feel like because it was just you and your mom, you almost like the sensitivity was modeled for you more, but then you were trying to find the balance with, you know, the opposite hmm 100%. I think, um, and just being the youngest as well and growing up around, um, like, older people and just sometimes engaging in conversations that, like, you know, I, I don't know, like, a seven-year-old <laughs> shouldn't have had no say in, but, like, they allowed me to, you know, like, again, talking about that village, you know, definitely allowed yeah. me to flourish and embrace that side um, but, you know, I feel like when it came to certain assertive gestures and, and, um, whatever that other side of the energy is, like it was, it was, tr- it was, um, it wasn't made up or balanced with, uh, that kind of side. It was just, uh, made up of more of the other side, which was like the sensitivity and like, just like you said, the modeling of, of that, like right. that was in a sense, overcompensated, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Yeah. So like you had to almost like test the, the boundary of the other side, mm-hmm. like test where the line is. Yeah. Just cause I didn't, you know, none, no line was either drawn or, yeah. you know, do you feel like it's been easier to, to like lean in? I feel like I've used that term throughout the mm-hmm. conversation, but like, lean no, in by more, now that you're living alone and have more solo time? Yeah, I've definitely been able to, yeah, 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 they go lean in, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, because in a sense, I was even scared to a certain degree of how, like, lost a certain side of me was. I mean, you know, like, I, I felt like certain things were lost. and. Yeah. And and not in the sense of like I can't remember them, but like I just I remember or one of the ways I know 
that I was getting lost in that sauce was um, when I would not be tolerant or would get annoyed or would react with that aggressive energy towards people that were expressing things the way I used to express them. Mm. And you it's know? like, a it's almost like a mirror. It's like them expressing something in the way that you used to and your so-called like negative reaction to that mm -hmm. is almost like a reaction to your, to your past self. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. And I, and you would think one would be more like, oh, like, like, again, the road I was trying to go down was like, I want to experience both worlds so I can adapt to those and have like these quote unquote answers. Right. And, but yet again, getting lost in it all um, just allowed me to, yeah, have this mirrored moment and just, if the word is, you know, sometimes deflecting, sometimes right. just pushing that away or judging that like doing the exact opposite of wasn't even done to me yeah well i shouldn't say it wasn't done to me but what i never did to i want to say others ever before right. and then now it's like this becoming that and like, yeah and it's like all a reaction to your to your own self and to like mm -hmm. the rejected aspect of yourself yeah yeah and what's also like so interesting i think about just allowing yourself to be more sensitive alone which i experienced this also where when you're by yourself there's no ego it's like you're the the protection that you put between yourself and someone else is gone because you're just with yourself like there's nobody mm -hmm. to like impress or you don't you're not trying to have someone else perceive you in a certain way like those barriers go away right so i think it becomes easier to really like feel the emotion that you're feeling in the, the way that feels most true to you. Yes, I agree. Um, I also think, you know, a big part of that is being honest with yourself too. Cause you could definitely like totally. not, you can definitely be in denial about certain things, you know, and not even call it denial. You know, you could be like, oh, yeah. you know, for sure. I mean, like I write in a journal, pretty frequently. And I used to just like last year and even before then, I sort of was been going on this like personal development journey since like probably like last fall. But okay. before then I like wasn't honest with myself and even like I'll read some of the things I write and it's almost like I was writing them to try to convince myself of what I wanted to be true. Mm. But I like, when I go back and I read it, I remember this feeling that I just like pushed down that like, this isn't right, but I just pushed it down while I was writing it. So it like, I didn't even allow that intuition to come up. Uh. But now I like try to be honest with myself <laughs> and it benefits me, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you know, honesty is the best policy, <laughs> like, you know, yeah, I mean, but it really is like, yeah. if you, especially with yourself. Totally. It like allows you to be who you are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I have we've been talking for almost an hour. That's and awesome. <laughs> I have some like ending quick fire questions. Oh, go for it. For you. So these are just meant to be like 
you know, the first thing that sort of pops into your mind. Sure. What book are you reading right now? Right now I am reading The War Against, I think it's called The War Against All Puerto Ricans or The War Against, yeah. Oh, what's that about? Um, it goes into the history of like Puerto Rico and like how, um, you know, the United States have um, have had their influence in their hand in most yeah, like things in, <laughs> in Puerto Rico. You know, like uh, um, I got into that with because uh, I, I ended up doing a, a, a score for um, a documentary based on the Hurricane Maria and the after effects in Puerto oh, Rico. Wow. Yeah. So Are you um, Puerto Rican, by the way, I am. I am. I'm half Puerto Rican, half Mexican. Oh, cool. So that's what I'm reading now. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, what was the last meal you had? The last meal I had was <laughs> arroz y gandules, <laughs> like last night, with um with uh, some big ziti. Oh, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. When you imagine your happy place, where is it? Uh, California. <laughs> Can you like Cali- set the scene? Yeah. Um. I um. It actually reminded me of like I think I saw your uh, your story and I was like, wait, where is that? Like it was like right <laughs> on the beach, um, you know, just uh, I want to say like on the coast, yeah, water hitting the the sand and like you know what I can see behind me is maybe some like mountain, you know, mountain terrain or just like hills, you know, like and kind of being this own utopia, you know, of uh of just land and sea. Yeah. You know, just having both worlds. It's so beautiful. I'm I'm in San Diego right now and I'm by myself. Like I've been alone this week. Mm-hmm. And yesterday I spent a lot of the day just at the beach and I was like sitting and just watching the sunset and I was feeling so much gratitude to California. And Oof. just like looking out and seeing the expansiveness of our planet and then also like realizing just like how small we are, but it was in, in such a weirdly comforting way, Yeah, you know, like not scary. Like I wasn't like afraid of it, mm-hmm. but it just was totally awe inspiring. And like, I just like felt that expansiveness and that's like what the ocean does. At least yeah. hundred percent. I I know that feeling. I'm feeling it right now that you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah, and you can like tap into it too, even when you're not right in front of it. Mm-hmm. If you could speak to yourself 15 years ago with the knowledge you have now, what would you say? Oh. <laughs> um, I think I would say, you know, um, follow your strengths. You know, follow... Um, no matter what those may be, you know, like, again, like going back to the hypersensitivity or just, you know, like follow, follow that and find your answers through your strengths. Um, you know, not saying to not embrace your weaknesses, but um, to f- usually you'll find the answers within, within your strengths. And yeah. I love and, that. And my last one is, so since we've been talking about just like becoming undefined use the title of this podcast and Mm -hmm. kind of like just becoming in alignment with yourself Mm -hmm. what definitions do you feel are true to you um 
definitions in the sense of like, I can say I'm this type of person or. Yeah, you can interpret it however you want. <laughs> uh, um, let's see definitions. I would say that, you know, I, <laughs> I want to, you know, like, again, going back to even the advice I would give like to myself and I'm trying yeah. to give that advice right now. It's like, you know, um, you know, timing, you know, I, I'm definitely like become more keen to like all in good time. That's saying like, just it, it'll time reveals all I feel like, you know, and, uh, if I can trust in time in that constant that maybe we have not yet been able to control in this dimension or in this, uh, on this planet, um, you know, we can definitely, you know, we, we can influence it. It's one of the things we can control. We can't control what we can influence. And um, I'd say that, like, I'm more defined by time now. And that sounds kind of scary to be like, oh, what do you mean? Don't put a don't put a clock on yourself. Not like that. But but the um, I don't know. I guess like if, if if that makes sense to people out there right now, like just you know, I I, I think less and more about time at the same time. Is it almost like? a trust in your path that like mm -hmm. things will happen the way they're supposed to in the time they're supposed to. Yeah. I want to say that like, you know, like everyone's, I think everyone's stars align yeah. on, on this planet, you know, like, and it's about recognizing that. So like, if you're not worried about time again, making another boxing <laughs> analogy, like if you're in the ring worried about how much, how many more minutes you have left. What is it? Three, is it three minutes in a round or six minutes in a round? Uh, three, uh, you know, in the, in the pros, um, in yeah. the, in the, no, in the, uh, novice, I'm sorry, the amateur and, and novice usually do too. But okay. again, if you're thinking about, yeah, if you're thinking about the time, you know, you're, you're just gonna tie yourself out more. Yeah, thinking, you're just thinking about the wrong things. Mm -hmm. yeah. so it's... Awesome. Um, is there anything else that you want to like tell the world, you know, for the whole world that listens the to this world. podcast? Yes. I mean, it's a great podcast, so the whole world should be listening um, uh, to, like, even your old episodes, too. They're, they're great. Um, um, I would say, you know, I, 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 there is a, a balance that one can feel. Or, you know, if you're looking for a feeling of balance, I think having a sense of nature you know, a sense of um, some type of, I don't want to call it spirituality because even that can become um, iffy, but some some sort of like higher power and some sort of uh, musical aspect in your life. So like, again, like nature, um, some type of science, some type of music, if you can somehow give yourself a daily dose of those, mm -hmm. you will feel right at home. I think. Yeah, I totally agree. And like more connected. Mm -hmm. Awesome. This was so great. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, thank you. Hello again. Welcome back to myself. I guess <laughs> you all have been listening the whole entire time, whereas I haven't. I jumped in at the beginning and now I'm jumping in at the end. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. I really, really loved talking to Yorodi. I felt totally lit up. 
at the end and during that conversation. I just think that he has so many amazing, wise insights. So I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did. And again, a little plug for the Patreon, patreon.com slash undefined podcast. I will link it in the show notes and I am planning to donate the money received at least the first part of this um, to the Equal Justice Initiative, which is an organization that focuses on ending mass incarceration and racial injustice um, and the death penalty. So if you believe in that mission, please sign up for the Patreon page. I have the three tiers that I mentioned, and I will put it in the show notes. And generally, thank you all so much for listening. This is why I do this podcast. I hear that it sparks people's inner thoughts and conversations, even if it's a conversation with yourself. And even if one person has a conversation with themselves, that makes it worth it for me. I think that we all need to have these conversations more often. I want these types of conversations to be more normal for people to have and the topics to be more normal to think about and not so scary. So thank you for listening. Please download, subscribe, rate, review, all of the things. And I will put a lot of the things we talk about in the show notes and I will talk to you all in two weeks.